Well, Father in heaven, we thank you for this awesome time with you, Lord, to be in your presence. It's always good. It's more than good, beyond what we could imagine, think, or say. And we don't want, ever want to take it for granted. We want to always thank you for giving us access to you, that you dwell in us. We can talk to you all the time, any time of the day and night. You're never too busy for us. And you always have good things for us, and that's the bonus. So we love you, Lord, and we thank you for this time. Speak to us as you always do. Give us ears to hear. Let us listen intently today to what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, and amen again. Amen, amen. So we had a great time yesterday. Amen. Talking to people, praying for people, talking to people about the Lord. And uh we will again in another couple of weeks. As long as the weather holds out, we're good. Amen. So um, I did order those little steaks for us so that we have everything that we need. Amen. And uh so our, our tent won't fly off. And uh so anyway we're 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 all good. So praise God. So today we're going to talk about the fact that Jesus is the great physician. Amen. He's the great physician. All healing comes from him and only him. Amen. Why? Because he's the only one who paid for it. He took our sicknesses and bore our diseases, which means he carried them away. And that's why healing belongs to him and him alone. Um, any other healing is natural. He's the only one with supernatural definitive healing. Amen. Uh, people say, well, well, the devil can heal. No, he can't because he too mean. He don't possess anything that's, I mean, you don't want it. Amen. I just tell you right now, you don't want it. Always consider the source, but you know, people talk about these counterfeit things and, and all of that, but you can tell by a witness or not a witness in your spirit if God's involved in something. Whenever he heals somebody, I say praise the Lord. Amen. I don't, I don't say it for anybody else but him. So it, that, that witness will come up out of you when, when God is in control and when he's doing something. So we don't ever have to fear about being deceived you know, uh, by people or, or by the enemy or anything like that. We, we just always know God gives you a knowing on the inside of you when he's involved in something and, and pay attention to your inner more than your outer. Amen. Just pay more attention to what he's saying from within than what your eyes, ears and all that, you know, uh, you know, the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. And it's a good thing. You know, I used to, when I would hear that, I said, oh gosh, I don't get to see anything. Good for you, you little nosy thing. Amen. You've been seeing too much. That's your problem. Too nosy. We'll see that thing. And so God will show you enough. You have inner vision by which he speaks to us and by which he reveals things. And he's training us to go inward more than look on the outside. And so when you go within, uh, he will give you understanding. He'll give you revelation. He'll give you everything that you need to know. And it's a good thing to walk by faith, not by sight. Amen? Because sight will fool you every single time. And, and it's easily manipulated. 
And so once we understand how God's speaking to us, it's the best thing. He always, whatever he does, it's the best thing. You know, you can't say, I wish we could do it this way, uh, because it's just not, we don't know enough about these things to be able to make those kinds of judgments. So anything, anyway, but Jesus is the only healer. We have healing only in his name. Amen. His name and his name alone. And and it's a good thing to understand the power in the name of Jesus and don't use his name casually. Amen. Always hold that name in high esteem. <clears throat> understand that power. You know, you pull that name out when you want to smack the devil upside his head. You know, when you want things to change and be more in line with God's word. And so what that's when we pray. That's why we pray in his name. Amen. His name gives us access to his kingdom and his goodness. And so always keep that in mind. Don't don't just casually throw his name around and, you know, that kind of stuff. Just always, you know, think first. You know, I think if people would just think something, (laughs) why am I saying this right now? You know, why am I saying this here right now? Is there a reason for this and so forth? And and but that that's that's it easy because the devil loves to use his name in vain. He likes to use the name of Jesus as a cuss word. Christians can get in church and almost use it the same way because they don't take time to understand what what a an opportunity it is to be given access to his name. Amen. You don't get that unless you are connected in covenant with someone. It's it's a symbol of your covenant with God. Just like I assume my husband's last name when we got married. Amen. That name meant something to me. At uh, <laughs> Macy's, Higby's. <laughs> hey! I love this God. So when get Jesus gives you the authority of his name, he's saying, she belongs to me. Amen. He belongs to me. They are a part of me. That is my joint heir. Everything I have, I have, I share with them. You got me? You have access to everything that pertains to life and godliness in his name. And just remember that, you know, just remember that name is holy. That name is respected. It's the highest name in heaven and earth and under the earth. So it's worthy of respect and honor. Amen. Amen. So anyway, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the authority that's in that, that name when we uh, talk about him being the great physician. If you'll turn to Acts chapter 2, and we'll start there. We said healing is in his name only. <clears throat> in Acts chapter 2, we see Peter's interpretation of the events that happened to what we call the day of Pentecost. People were thinking that the men that were walking out were drunken. See, if you were in the spirit, you picked up on what was real. So you've got now this new occurrence. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on all these people. And they are walking around in the streets, ministering and worshiping God, the effects of Pentecost, uh, stayed with them even when they left the upper room. So they have now come out into the open where everybody is, and they are, are um, I would say, enraptured by the Spirit 
because the Holy Ghost determines when he descends on you, he determines what he's doing it for, how long it lasts, and the purpose. And so the purpose was to take it out into the streets so that everybody could see, and, and it became a sign for the unbelievers who were standing by watching. Amen. And so the unbelievers were like outside in the flesh, and here believers are in the spirit. Well, the believers are speaking in different languages, and they are worshiping and lifting up God. Tongues only lifts up the Lord. It doesn't do anything else. Amen. Uh, you hear people say all kind of crazy things about tongues, but when he talks here, he talks about people were, were, um, uh, worshiping and praising God in a new language. And it says, uh, in verse 11, it says, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. So there were people speaking in languages that were not native to them, but were native to other people who were listening. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what does this mean? Amen. Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. So the mockers were in the flesh, thought they were drunk. And so Peter, because he's getting an interpretation from God, when a question comes, God sends the answer. As soon as possible, to be honest with you. And Peter heard the answer. Because he stood up with the eleven and lifted up his voice and said to them, You men of Judea and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be be it known to you this day and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose. Seeing it's about the third hour of the day. You know, Peter like, duh, it ain't even time for nobody. These men ain't had enough time to get drunk yet. Amen. But this is that. See, this is the way interpretation comes to us. This is that. Interpretation always refers back to scripture, to what is written. Amen. You don't get some new revelation. Well, this is, you know what this is? This is so and so. No, this is that that's been prophesied already. Amen. And so he says, it was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says the Lord, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Amen. To prophesy really means to speak by unction the word of the Lord. That can be preaching. That can be prophecy. Amen. But that doesn't mean you run around the church and have a word for everybody in there. Really, your most beneficial prophecy will be to the unbeliever outside of the church. Amen. We can hear from God already. There's people out there that need to hear from God. And you don't need to practice on people you sit next to. You don't come to church to be a guinea pig for somebody who don't know what they're doing. God wants his best for all of us. Amen. Go home and pray for your family. If you got enough nerve. I could really go somewhere here, but I'm not going to do it. They keep moving on. But all the spiritual, spiritual chickens are scared to go anywhere under authority wait for somebody in authority to release authority to them to do what they're doing they like to go around in the bathroom and 
prophesy to people, lay hands on people. You're not a guinea pig, folks. Amen. God wants his best for you. Amen. Let people just come up and, you know, people nowadays, everybody, people out in the street trying to rub on you and lay hands on you and all that crazy stuff. And, you know, you just really have to walk in the spirit and you have to walk in discernment. And, you know, if you haven't prayed and asked God to send somebody to you out of nowhere to call themselves imparting to you, you understand what I'm saying? Just tell them, no, thank you. I'm good. You don't mess with good. Amen. 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 If you're in the word for your own healing, you don't need somebody to just come up to you out of nowhere. That's for people who don't have access to that. You understand what I'm saying? See, we reach people who don't have access to somebody to pray for them. And there's tons of those people, but you ain't one of them. What's the thought? So where was I? I was reading my word and being blessed. Were you? Good. Alright. So anyway, it, Peter says the, the, the bottom line is verse 21. He says, and it shall come to pass in this day that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be healed. See, we're not talking about just salvation one day when you leave this earth, but we're talking about healed, wholeness, whatever you need, God's got it. Just call upon his name and you will be saved. You will be set free. You will receive whatever it is that you're petitioning God for. It's all given in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so uh, he begins also to talk more about the Lord. He, he begins to give a history so these people can understand how they have participated in the Lord's death. And he says here, uh, he says in verse 25, David spoke concerning Jesus. He said, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I shall not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope because you will not leave my soul in hell. Neither will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You shall make me full of joy with your countenance. And he said, men and brethren, let me freely speak to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him, that the fruit of his loins, according to his flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. And seeing this before, he spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul would not be left in hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus has God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which you see now and hear. 
For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he sees himself. He said, said to himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit on my right hand until my enemies are made my footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And so Peter pulls together all the prophecies that were spoken about the Lord during that time. And he talks about the fact that Jesus never saw corruption. He was, he got a corruption day is the third day. Amen. Uh, Lazarus, when he, he was, he saw corruption because he was in the tomb more than three days. Amen. I think he was more, some people say six, uh, some say four, but three days they begin to break down. So corruption sets in in three days. So, so Jesus couldn't stay in there according to prophecy. He couldn't have been in hell more than three days. His body never saw corruption. Amen. Because corruption would have meant that death had power over him when death did not. The Bible says he tasted death. You know what taste is? You dip your finger in it. I don't like that. And he kicked it off of him. You got me? He had power over death. Amen. That's why we don't see it. Amen. We step over. We don't see corruption. Your your remains will be here, but that's not the eternal part of you. The Bible says from dust we came and dust we go back. So the dust portion of us goes back to dust. Amen. But our souls and our spirits never see corruption. In fact, they're being perfected now. Amen. Every time you renew your mind in the word, that's part of you. That's eternal. That that part of you is going on to be with the Lord. Amen. And so Jesus was not allowed to see corruption. Amen. He was the one that was promised from the foundation of the earth to come and take care of any issues that the enemy would have with mankind. He took care of all of them. There is nothing that that the devil can hold over you that has power over you. It's all dead and worthless. Amen. He has no power over us. So what what does it mean, though, to be the healer? We, We need to go back and talk about what the difference between healing and cure. You know, that's that's one of the things that that we need to make the distinction. A cure is a means of restoration to health. Amen. It's a remedy or it can be remedial treatment to a degree. But a cure will bring a human body back to a a state of health that they enjoyed prior to the onset of disease. So if you're, you, you have a broken bone, they can set it and they can bring your back, your, your limb back to normal function. But it's always going to have, well, you'll never be able, it'll never be a hundred percent. You know, whenever you see an x-ray, you're going to see that old fracture on there. Sometimes the tendons don't go back normal. So we, we put you on, you know, physical therapy to stretch it out and get as much 
function out of it is possible. We know this from athletes. They give them the best, the most expensive of everything as far as, but they never are 100% after their surgery or whatever they do to correct. So that's what really a cure is. It's a means of correcting or relieving anything that is troublesome or detrimental. So it can be relieved and it can be corrected back to the original state if that's possible. Amen. It it also means to rid of something that's detrimental. To heal means to restore to health, to make healthy, whole, and sound. It means to bring an end or a conclusion to the disease. So what that means is that prior to the disease, you may have had, like you see people who get healed of cancer. And they tell them it's no more cancer cells in their body. And then when you, before you go out the door though, they give you this caveat, amen. Yeah, don't get too happy for five years. After five years, we really consider you cured. Well, if God has touched you and healed you, you'd be like the woman with the issue of blood. You know you're, you're, and never come back again. Amen. So with with the the healing, supernatural healing, what we will call uh, healing from heaven or healing from Jesus or healing in Jesus' name, that affliction will not rise up a second time. Amen. Nahum one nine says, "He will. What do you imagine against the Lord? What can you think of that God you can do that God can't fix? He'll make an utter end. The affliction will not rise up a second time." Now you can go out there and watch for five years or you can claim Nam 1-9. You can say this affliction will not rise up a second time. You know, that's why I always, you know, the, uh, the doctor took, uh, you know, some cardiograms on me and I told him, I said, my heart is fixed. Nothing wrong with my heart. You understand what I'm saying? And they did all that. Well, they got money, of course, but they did all that to find out what I told them was true. My heart is fixed. And I'm not changing my confession. It's always fixed. Amen. Because I trust in God. And so we, we have to understand that the vast difference between the healing that we get from, from God through the name of Jesus versus natural cures or remedies. They can always come back a second time. And I'll tell you one thing, you find yourself depending on them too much and not really depending on God's word. Amen. You'll find that that they don't tend to turn around very quickly because you've got to get that word in there to start to root those things out so you can get your healing instead of just a cure. A cure is a feel better thing. You know, you'll feel better and and and. I thank God that he's given man the ability to find out some things that help people. Because it's not just about the saints getting better, but people in the world need to be able to have some remedy or have some hope for a natural, amen. And so when when we understand that, we'll see that the mercy of God is available in these things. But is that God's best for his people? See, you have a covenant of health with him if you'll tap into it. You know, we'll read the word feverishly until we feel better, and then pretty soon that Bible's got the same dust on it it had before you 
needed him real bad. And don't t- tell me you, you use your app on your phone, because that ain't nothing but a lie. Huh? You know, some people you look at Facebook posts three minutes ago, seven of them, two minutes ago, ten of them, three minutes. You ain't doing nothing but on Facebook. You ain't reading no Bible on no app. I could just see people going in, in the iPhone store. Oh, let me get my new iPhone. I got to get the newest Bible app. Just don't be fraudulent, okay? Just let's all just repent. You know, okay, God, let me get my paper Bible again. That one you could crawl up in the bed with and you had all the, all the highlights and stuff in it. Go get that Bible. It served you well before all this technology. It'll serve you again. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So disease really is a result of iniquity. You know, it, it's inherited in each and every human being. If not frank disease, but the, the, uh, sensitivity or prone, we, we are prone to disease because of iniquity. Amen. When you have a covenant with God, that not only covers if you get sick, but it covers divine health to prevent sickness. Now, you're not sitting there thinking, oh, I resist cancer. I resist. You don't have to list all the illnesses you know to walk in divine health. You just stay in the word. The Bible says that healing is the children's bread. When you pray the Lord's Prayer, my Catholic friends, say this right. That, that big thing ain't sitting up there on that rosary for nothing. That's God's mercy to the Catholics. You pray it often enough, you start believing it. Huh? See, the, the, Catholics who really try to be behave by going to confession often. Oh, bless me, Father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know the drill. Could do, you know, do five rosaries. Well, he just blessed you real good because you got five, five, uh, uh, how many is on there? Is it five on a, how many are fathers? It's ten Hail Marys, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, but how many of them is it all together? I know, see, y'all ain't even go to confession often enough to know what was on that rosary. You're fraudulent then, and you're ex-Catholic frauds, and... Huh? <laughs> well, at least you didn't think it was a necklace. They catch you wearing it around your neck, you going to hell for sure. <laughs> huh? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Anywho, but there's mercy in that because you ask for healing when you pray. Our Father who art in heaven, you're asking for your daily dose of healing. Amen? Amen. 
So expect a daily dose. See, that's to take, that's to kill disease at the root in us as we walk in this sinful world. You hear stuff that, that you shouldn't hear. You hear stuff that worries you. It penetrates in you. That's why the Bible says to guard your heart diligently because the issues of life come out of your heart. So if your heart is filled with nonsense about uh, you know, you got to take 15 vaccines and 17 boosters and, and you still caught it. You understand what I'm saying? You're not supposed to be afraid of COVID or anything else. See, where fear sets in, that's where you jump off the, off the covenant bus and you get on the stupid bus, the short bus. <laughs> Whatever, I don't know. It is. Do that stuff. You don't trade your covenant with God in for some fear and man's not, uh, not even a, a help for you. Some people are com- confessing it don't help and they taking it anyway. That's the short bus, y'all. You have a better covenant than they had under the Old Testament. And they could stay healed for a long time under that one. Those people that were 40 years in the wilderness before they dropped dead, 40 is a long time to live. You understand what I'm saying? Murmuring and complaining and all that kind of stuff. And when they would get sick, God would provide a cure for them. So we have a better covenant based on better promises. Because we have the Spirit of God living in us and He daily feeds us healing if we'll believe it and receive it. Amen? So you can stay disease free just based on obeying God and, and, and receiving, just staying connected to Him and receiving daily doses of His Word which heals your body, drives out disease keeps family diseases from coming on you amen you don't have to be afraid well so-and-so had cancer and that went to my this person in my family my daddy my mom my granddaddy it it stops with you if you want it to because you have divine health you don't have to you don't have to suffer with disease you don't even have to get disease and get better You know, there's the devil hates divine health so much. He'll talk you into, well, you know, Jesus, he heals you, but it's not true that you don't, you can't get certain things. Well, my Bible says none of the diseases, not one is for you. Disease was not ever planned for man, period. It's definitely not for a covenant man. Or woman. Or children. If you have a covenant, it bypasses you if you put your faith in the covenant. I was listening to Fred Price teaching from back in the 80s. Fred was young. (laughs) Amen. And... uh, 
he said, he said, you know, when he first heard about, he, he grew up in a denominational church. They didn't believe in anything. No, barely salvation. You know, and, and healing was out and all of that. When he came into a knowledge of God's word, he said he, he was so glad that he could be healed, but he always felt he'd have to get disease. He said, until I heard a man preach that he hadn't had a headache in 37 years. <laughs> and he said, I want that. See, anybody with good sense would say, well, if there's a way for me to get what he's got and he hasn't been sick at all in all that time, I want that. I don't want to get sick and get better. I want that. That's covenant. Amen. He, he did that by, by resting in his covenant with God and resisting symptoms. Disease you can't get. You're not resisting disease. You're resisting symptoms. You're already delivered from disease. So you're healed, period. Keep standing on that. Keep declaring it. Keep thanking God for it. Amen. So we have an agreement with God to walk in divine health. You walk with him. He's He's whole. He's not sick. He's not ever sick. He resisted sickness and everything that was of the curse. Amen. It, it was laid on him at Calvary. And he went down into the, the lower regions of the earth. And the Bible says he led captivity captive. In other words, he arrested whatever is trying to arrest you. And the Bible says he spoiled principalities and powers, which means he stripped them of everything that they stole from humanity. Which means that he has your health. The devil don't have any. The devil can't put anything on you. Not legally. Now you can take it if you want to. Well, I don't know about all this he can't do. Well, you can find out. You find out the easy way or the hard way. Find out in the word that he can't put this. If you're not sure about something, go read your Bible. Amen. But the devil has no disease to put on you. Jesus stripped him of everything he had. Your health. Amen. Your longevity. Your mind, your work, your career, everything that you need in life has been stripped from him. Now he can bluff you and try to pretend like he's got it, but he don't have anything. You know how you can prove that? Just start using your faith and see what happens. It's the only way you'll be able to know for a certainty that the devil can't do what he's telling you to do. You have to fight him with the good fight of faith. So you start standing on God's word. No devil, you don't have that. I have you. This healing is mine. I have it now. Jesus gave it to me when he went to Calvary. I have everything I need right now. You don't have it. 
I'm not sick. Don't you ever confess sickness and don't you ask people what's wrong with them. Go up grilling somebody. What's wrong with you? I'm healed. What's wrong with you? Can't you see it? If you go into the invisible, you'll be able to see something. Huh? People get all excited when they see preachers showing weakness. Well, if they're showing weakness, maybe there's help for you. You just focus on getting yours. Amen. So we say sickness is a result of iniquity. In Genesis 3, we see where it came in. The Bible says the serpent was more subtle, amen, than any any of the beasts of the field. He used to walk on four legs, got me, and talk. <laughs> well, he uses people to talk now, you know. He's always looking for a voice he can use, amen. Well, as the God of this world, he has certain legal rights until we arrest him. You know, church is out there to arrest the devil, amen, and to bless humanity. You're not up there, you're not out there to make things bad for people. Amen. But in Genesis 3, he says, uh, Verse 4, he says, the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. In other words, God is lying. For God knows, so this is, this is the devil telling, giving you the inside scoop. Amen. You don't need no inside scoop ever from anybody. You wait for God to tell you stuff. If he don't tell you something, it ain't true. He said, God knows that in the day you eat of your eyes will be opened. And you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now, he told the truth there. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, so she's been deceived, right? And so she ate of that. But then God did promise them um, that that at some point she would have a son. Verse 15, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And it shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. And to the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception, and sorrow you'll give childbirth, and and Adam will have to work in the sweat of his brow. Amen? That ain't for the woman. You let him sweat. He's just fulfilling prophecy. You got it? Don't mess with the word. (laughs) Well, I work to make it easier for him. He all right? He's much more capable than you are. You sweat having the babies. 
They're raising them. Ain't that enough sweat for you? I thought so. You do your sweat, he do his sweat. Just saying, I'm, am I making anything up? I'm reading y'all the word. I preach you don't like that, I read the word, you don't like that. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> I read some more word. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, them men be, I ain't never seen none of them drop dead from going to work five days a week. But see, the devil tried to kill a woman in childbirth. So see, we're a lot more vulnerable in some ways. Oh well. Let me see, what else? Did I have in my notes? Go to the word. Go to my notes. Go to the. Hmm. So really, disease grew out of a lie. Because iniquity grew out of a lie. You see it right here. Devil lied to the woman. Amen. And so we took on iniquity. So what, what banishes a lie? Truth. So you can give iniquity the word of God and it's got to move. Anything that's a result of iniquity must move at the word of God. So really what the devil does is temporary. It's not permanent. I don't care what kind of name they give it. It's not incurable. Amen. You can, God has already healed you. You keep feeding your body the word of God. You keep meditating on the word of God. You keep declaring that you're healed now. And that thing will move and it will move and it will move and it will move and it will finally leave your body. It's got to. You just stay in faith. You keep yourself where you're supposed to be. Amen. Amen. And so the woman is to bear a son. We know that son is Jesus that will bruise the, the, the serpent's head, will crush his head. Amen. You know, I, I always imagine Jesus as, as the, as the husband of the bride going through hell and, and confronting the devil about this. Amen. And taking back what, what, you know, it's like, you know, see devil, I'm, a, I'm, I'm getting you now. You picking on a woman sitting up there beating up girls in the garden where you get to fight a man. A man is down here now. You fight me. You got me picking on a defenseless woman. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You come on and fight a man. Huh? That's how he chased him all around hell. Got him back for the old and the new. That's why he says, vengeance is mine. Let me repay. I digress. <laughs> huh? 
stinking. He did it for three days. He did it until he didn't feel like doing it no more. That's why I look at it. <laughs> right. He could have hit him once and finished him off. Three days. Can you imagine that? Three days? A minute was too long for the devil. So that's how the gifts of God were released. That's why God is happy to anoint women as well as men. Amen. Because it's all been paid for. It's all been paid for. So since disease grew out of a lie, the truth will always remove disease. It will remove anything that opposes the word of God. Amen. Disobedience is a function of the soul. Amen. The decision to do a certain something, whatever it is you're deciding to do, comes from your soul. You hear something, you decide on it, you decide whether to obey what you hear or to obey the word of God. And that's where God begins to deal with symptoms, disease, iniquity, whatever, is by hearing. Amen? So when we talk about how God heals, he always starts with what we hear. If what you hear got you sick, then you got to hear something different to get well. Amen? So the word of God is going to be different. It's going to come at your ears different. And so in, in because God is trying to penetrate into your spirit so that you can hide that word in your heart and begin to obey that word. Amen. When you when you obey the word, it, it, that's a righteousness for God. You know, you decide to obey what the word says to do. Amen. I'm going to love people. I'm going to forgive people. It's real basic. Amen. I'm going to quit complaining. I'm going to quit holding grudges. I'm going to quit blaming people for my life. Once you move into that realm where you really want to obey God on a spiritual level, you will find health begins to spring up in you. It can't help but spring up in you. Amen. You got to believe that simple acts of obedience are moving the hand of God in your favor, whether you can see it or not. At least you feel better you can forgive people. You're not running around bad-mouthing everybody all the time. Talking about how somebody took advantage of you. Amen. Most situations people are in where they get treated bad, they ain't looking for God in them situations. Trying to be slick or trying to get over on something. Uh Uh-huh. So God lets you get treated bad so you know not to go over there no more. Hmm? He would rather we obeyed him by faith. 
He would rather we did that. Amen. But there's the the consequences of disobedience that will teach you too. Amen. Stay over here. It's so hard to live by faith. How would you know you never tried it? Little liar, that's something you heard somebody say. And they didn't do it either. They listened to another liar. Huh? Disobedience begins in the soul. That's where Eve was deceived. She began to consider things other than what God told her. That's problem, folks. We start considering things that we know don't line up with the word of God. Amen? Think about trying to figure out an excuse for it or, you know, God understands. He don't understand crazy people. He's got one cure for craziness and that's cast the devil out of you. But is he trying to understand stupidity? No, he's not. He fixes it. That's what he wants us to do. He wants us to submit to him fixing our crazy ideas. Amen. The things that seem to always get us in trouble, he wants to fix those. He fixes it with the word. You spend your time, you meditate on the word. You allow that word to become real to you. And you start making decisions based on what you hear the word of God. And so he fixes because it it starts in the soul. He fixes the seat of your troubles. And then he goes deeper and begins to uproot things from the root. That's why you get healed instead of just cured. See, but when you go to doctors, they're, they're doing, they're just chasing symptoms. They're not trying to get at the root of anything. They like it when they can give you a pill and you say it worked because you feel better. Then their job is done. Huh? They're not trying to get at the root of anything. Well, I don't know why you have this, but this is what we'll do. And, you know, it's always a prescription. You know, or or something. We don't know what it is. That's when they're really bummed because they, but they'll give you something anyway. Amen. And so they're doing the best they can with the knowledge that they have. You have a covenant with God that will root out what it is, is the seat of your trouble. What's the source of your trouble? What's the source of your symptoms? That's why God will tell you, first and foremost, uh, don't come to the altar and ask for nothing if you got something against your brother. Take your money, your gift, whatever you're trying to schmooze me with. Take it right back home because I don't want it. I want more than anything for you to live in harmony with nothing against your brother and your brother nothing against you. That's his heart's desire. So go and please him with in that and then he will receive whatever else it is you want to give amen some some of us need to really think about that for a minute because we've been mad at mother father sister brother you just bring them in our oh they did don't tell me don't mention their name to me 
We got many oughts against many people very often. Yeah, I was looking at some, it was a documentary on some people that, it was a singing family. And, and, um, the children were just, they put this whole thing on so they could expose their father. And I'm thinking to myself, Lord, the trouble people go to to do evil to one another. The father was already dead. Which to me, if you got guts, expose him while he living. Now you scared of him because he'll punch your little lights out. Smart mouth. And one after another, these children died early with disease. You know, they made tons of money, didn't have anything, were broke, and it was all dad's fault. Dad was the one that promoted them, taught them instruments, all that kind of stuff. Gets no credit for that. You see, you see how wicked, wickedness is? And the payoff for it? Forgive your mother and father. Amen? Try to do as well as they did raising you. I'd really be scared because, you know, in knowing God, you know, uh, afraid to, to, to condemn father and mother when the Bible says honor them that your days will be long on the earth and it'll go well with you. You don't want to be a calamity looking for a place to happen all the days of your life. And there's a good chance you won't do as well as they do. Huh? Always criticizing them. Will you try and do as well as they did with you? And while you at it, raise a kid that don't have a smart mouth. Just a, just a thought. Little Mr. Know-it-all smart. Going to re-raise your parents. You know, no, God says take care of what's important to me first. You learn how to love people. Learn how to forgive them. Learn how to love them. Learn how to get them out of your little jail you keep people in. Every now and then you walk past and stick something through the bars and poke them a little bit. It's just hateful. It's just hateful. Seriously. You don't need to do that. You call yourself a Christian. Come on, we can do better than that. Well, I try to forgive them and then they do something else. Yeah, because you're so hateful. Count the times on one hand you've been kind to somebody. You know, and, and really, uh, God wants us dealt with because we've got people that call themselves news people who spew nothing but hatred 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And 
Christians listen to that. I don't know how you can sit under that. I see these people that everything's like a, a, uh, A mockery of humanity, putting people down. You see the real housewives, all they do is backbite, lie, fornicate. I mean, what is a Christian watching that for? Huh? Well, I like to see people of color. You better get some preachers on there then. You understand what I'm saying? And I ain't talking about the real preachers nowhere either. The standard's still the same for God's people. You watch something that's edifying, or at least something that's true, where people tell the truth. Amen? So, we have a spiritual remedy for everything. God cuts to the quick. He gets to the root of everything. Amen? Our example is Mark eleven twenty two, where where the disciples walked by and they saw what was once a healthy fig tree, and what did Peter said? It's dried up from the roots. So we know that God's word penetrates to the root of iniquity. It plants new roots in us. It plants new seed and new roots in us, so that the tree of life. In Christ Jesus now begins to grow. Amen. And so we can begin to get strong in the things of God. We can begin to flourish in the things of God. And just believe that when you put the word in, that word is helping you. I don't care if you don't see it. Amen. You have to rest assured that there is life in God's word. And that word is working in an area maybe where you can't see it. Amen. If you can't see it, you can't let your mind deceive you by what you see. Many times we see improvement. What do we do? Slack off on the word. I got this. You ain't got nothing yet. Amen. You just stay in that word. God's trying to tell you something. Trying to tell you to stay in the word, period. Feel good, don't feel good. The word doesn't depend on your feelings. Amen. That's how you make contact with God is through his word. Amen. So God works through us. It's the atonement that paid for everything that we need. Amen. God, Jesus heals us. He can uh, prevent disease in us with the children's bread. Your daily dose of healing. Go to the word every day. Meditate on that word. Let that word get strong in you. So that that's all you believe. Then when you have decisions to make, you make them based on what's on inside of you. Amen. And that's God's word. Amen. Amen. Sometimes symptoms of illness can be warning signs that we need to strengthen ourselves spiritually. If you have a, a slight pain somewhere or a weakness in a limb or something like that, you go to the word. Amen. It's a sign. You know, you need to, to strengthen yourself and until that symptom subsides, chase it out when it's a small thing and, and be accustomed to living on top of iniquity, on top of disease and, 
Like Paul said, I keep my body under. That means his mind was intact into understanding God. <clears throat> Not just, you know, he kept slapping himself when he did something wrong. You, you keep yourself, you keep your body under by letting your spirit dominate. Amen? You let your spirit dominate. So, <clears throat> we have the option and choice to go the natural or spiritual route in many things. It, when it's small, always take the spiritual route and it won't get large. Amen. It won't get large. Or if for some reason something gets large on you, you're not shocked. You understand what I'm saying? Your reaction is different because you're stable in the word of God. And you know how to take a stand and allow God to give you a strategy for how to get rid of it. You don't ever go to ask God if he wants you healed. You're already healed. You're in the household of faith. Amen. You're already accepted in the beloved. You have everything already. So he doesn't like take you in and then say, oh, no, wait a minute. I changed my mind. He's not a man. People change their minds all the time. Amen. They love you today. They hate you tomorrow. Amen. If they ever loved you at all. Got me? So, so we, but you can depend on God. Amen. Diseases come in all different disguises. They can be generational. That is handed down from in family lines, in natural bloodlines. Amen. They can be inherited in, or as a result of personal choices. You know, you, you choose to go outside without an overcoat on and you push it. So now you sitting in bed with can't breathe through your nose or whatever you just bought yourself three days not feeling well and so sometimes bad personal choices can bring disease and there are many more of them amen Um, babies sometimes are born with disease that's inherited or it it can be chromosomal it can be genetic all of those things but it all comes as a result of iniquity but the cure is the same. Amen. The the path to healing is the same. And that is hearing the word of God. And allowing that word to penetrate. To get deep into your spirit man. So that your spirit becomes full of the word. And from your spirit then your words can project health on you. So your words begin to say that you're healed. Sometimes when you first say it and you've got bad news from the doctor, it's like, oh, I'm healed. You know, a little teeny heel. But you keep feeding the word. And pretty soon that word gets much bigger than whatever it is that you're facing. You can tell the difference in the confidence in what you say after you fed on the word and, and all of that. You know, so always stay with the word. Amen. Always stay with the word. Some diseases are environmental. Amen. Just stuff going around. You don't have to catch it. Amen. You don't have to, you know, just don't, don't stop at that bus stop. Amen. Just keep going. You're not there to catch nothing that the world has. Amen. 
Amen. So, so we have to, to understand that you can resist disease and illness on several different levels. Amen. So, so in disease is not something you deserve ever. Once your blood bought, you don't deserve it. If you deserved it, God would, wouldn't have gone to cross to take it away from you. Amen. He really wouldn't have. So you don't ever deserve it. You didn't deserve it as a sinner. That's why you can go up to anybody in any parking lot somewhere and pray for them and ask God to heal them. Now, if there's something standing in the way, he'll let you know by word of knowledge. You're not going to go fishing for nothing. Amen? He took disease. He He died for the whole world. Jesus healed a lot of Gentiles. In fact, he commended them more because more of them exercised faith in him. So it's always been a matter of believing God. He would ask people, he said, do you believe I can do this? They say, yeah, Lord. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yes. The answer is always yes. You're a believer. You're not a doubter. So Jesus is really the healer in any instance. Whether whatever situation you come in, he has the healing for everybody. So you have to go through him to receive um, healing from him. Amen. Disease really is an act of war against humanity. Jesus won that war. He won it already at Calvary. He is appointed the one who defeats the enemy. It was his fight all along. It was never up to us to go head to head with the devil to get our healing back. You know match for him. That's how all your, all, that's why all of your being cool when you was out in the street. You don't know me. I used to run the streets. What you running now? Hmm? All that used to stuff. And then you get, people get saved and they tell saints anything. I was this, I was that, I was, you know, I was the, I was the kingpin. They wouldn't even let you carry their water, you little liar. It's true. Everybody was all this great, terrible, crazy thing when they, you know, it was top of the heap when we was. Can you cue, mister? <laughs> Don't be over there laughing. Who do I want you to cue? Yes. Miss, Mr. Francis Albert Sinatra, please. Nah, we good. I'm good. Huh? But there's people when they come in there, you don't sing that song out there in the street with them thugs. Tell them a king of the hill and I'm the kingpin and running and hiding from them. Oh, Jesus, please, Jesus, help me, Jesus. 
You do it this one more time. I'm going to start going to church, Jesus. We don't care how you got here. Huh? You're a saint now. Leave that stuff behind. (laughs) So it was always the Lord's fight. In heaven, this started in heaven. You just got in the middle of it. Amen. But this is a fight. This is an eternal battle. That's why our reward is eternal life when we get on the Lord's side. Amen. We get to live eternally with him. But he has already defeated Satan for us, spoiled principalities and powers, made a show of them openly, which means Eve got to see Jesus come down there and beat the devil up. Pass the popcorn. Give my girl a soda. She had a front row seat. Amen. Been waiting for decades in paradise to see that show. That's what he said. Jesus said, I, I, I rented a theater in hell and I bought popcorn for all the ones in paradise and I put a marquee up there that says stripping principalities and powers this morning right now. Get a front row seat. All the martyred saints, all the prophets that were stoned to death, all the blood of all the saints, they got to see. Amen. Made an open show. So Jesus defeated Satan with his with the word it was written. It I like to say this. Eve could only repeat what she thought she heard God say after the devil had confused her. Satan thought the same thing was going to happen with Jesus in the wilderness. We got another human being here. He's been deceiving human beings forever. You understand what I'm saying? This one's easy. Jesus threw the book at him. Eve tried to fight him with one phrase from God, which she forgot. By the time he got finished messing with her head, it was all twisted. You understand what I'm saying? She starts seeing something that the tree was good all of a sudden where it used to be forbidden. She was deceived. Jesus threw the book at the devil. It is written. Amen. So for everything the devil threw at him, he threw a whole lot more word than Eve was able to. Amen. So that was just a taste of what he was going to get in hell. So he just rope-a-doped him up there in the wilderness. Let some big bruises on his head. And he said, I'm going to meet you later. Huh? Finish the job. Every time Satan thought he had trapped devil with them, uh, Jesus with them stupid Pharisees questions. Jesus would slip out and say, I'll meet you later. Got something for you. You ain't going to like it, but it's coming anyway. 
got something for you. They knew each other. Lucifer used to work for Jesus. Man, he's a runaway servant. Needs a little discipline. Beat you later. Got something for you. Amen. So that's why when we speak the word, we throw the book at him. Amen. You can use as much scripture as you want to to defeat the devil with. Huh? We get to meet him now and make him flee. Amen. He left Jesus for a season, but Jesus having all power and giving it to us, we can make him run in terror at that name. Amen. The Bible says demons tremble when they hear it. They must. It's a command. It's written in the word. You got to tremble, devil. You got to run in terror, devil. Amen. Amen. He gave all power to us. Amen. Whatever we allow is allowed. Whatever we don't allow is not allowed. You got to stay with God, folks. Live a pure and holy life and it ain't hard. Stay in your word. Do what you're supposed to do. Keep your mind from wandering. Don't get any bright ideas. That little dim bulb up there. You got me? God begins to minister the word throughout our whole being. Your your mind begins to be renewed in the word of God. Your spirit becomes strengthened. So that your spirit then is the storehouse for the word of God. Amen. It, you draw the word up from your innermost being. Not from your mind. Amen. You let your mind engage in the word. Meditate on the word. You make the decision to hold on to the word. As you hold on to the word, it begins to minister to every part of your being. It brings health to all of your flesh. Amen. The God doesn't care what flesh it is. The flesh that's touched with cancer. The flesh that, you know, say you have a, a child or a grandchild. They want to label them with some alphabet soup. Amen. You, you, it, it, A, I cancel you. D, you too. D, what else you got? You too. You got me? You keep shooting that word to that thing. And tell the devil, you know what devil? I got nothing better to do all day than to sit here and read my Bible and speak it over this child of mine and speak it in this situation. You ain't no problem to me. This ain't hard. You're not worrying me. You're no trouble to me. Let me put my foot on your, on your neck while I go take a break. And then come back and give you some more word. You got me? Don't make everything a chore. The devil likes that. He likes to feel like he's wearing you out and giving you all this trouble. He's not giving you no trouble. Jesus put an end to all of that. 
He made it easy for us. That's why he told us to learn about him. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. He said the devil is the one giving you a hard time. But I got an answer for him. And you can use it. Amen. So with the mouth confession is made unto whatever we need. Wholeness, healing, soundness. You need a better job. You need more money. You need this. You need that. Whatever you need, confession is made unto that. Amen. God has already supplied all your needs. Expect the needs to disappear and the answers to come in. You know? I was, I was, my last house I just moved from, I had two acres of, of, I don't know what that was, green. I don't know if it was grass, I never walked on it. It's too much of it. I just looked at it. And, and, I had a neighbor that, that did lawns. He did it for $35 a cut. Now part of the house and the barn was sitting on that, but that's a whole lot of $35 a cut. I was thinking to myself when I moved, I said, Oh Lord, you gotta find me somebody. Now he's, that man was $35. I said, I keep looking at these people. They want all this money and you know then you call them you don't know i said just find me somebody good god you always take care of me i look up one day there's a man standing in the neighbor's yard and god said wave at him so i waved at him and he came over and i said i said can you take new customers i said oh yeah no problem and so um i didn't even ask him what he charged i didn't care you understand what i'm saying he had lawnmower he said yes that's my answer to prayer and so I asked him eventually, I said, when do you bill me? What, what do I need? He said, oh, I'll just, he said, I'll put in your mailbox $35 a cut. Back and front. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, this is why Jesus says my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You don't sit up and worry about something he's already taken care of. Amen. Just thank him for taking care. God, I thank you. My lawn is taken care of. And he does an excellent job. Amen. Did the beds, did everything. Amen. You know, I mean, he took his time doing it, and I don't blame him. It was rough when I moved in there, so I'm not losing nothing. You understand what I'm saying? I don't let weeds worry me. I don't let tall grass worry me. I don't let nothing worry me. You understand what I'm saying? And I work hard at not letting it worry me. That's That's where I put in the effort at. Because he's already given us these things. What more do you want him to do? He's not going to come down here and fan you and wipe your brow and pat your wrist and tell you not to worry. Uh, you just going to have to believe. But believers know they stuff is here already. Not coming, it's here. Amen. All right, why don't we stop. Father, we thank you for your word, for understanding of your word, for blessing us according to your word. We honor you and we love you and we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Anybody needs prayer, come on up. I'll pray for you.